Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we began our look at the topic of love, reminding you once again that our primary guides during this look are Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. Before we moved on in our discussion to talk about the stages of love and making it last for a lifetime, we started a short detour to talk about what some think of as the untouchable topic, sex. In reality, you probably think about it more than you talk about it. An important fact to keep in mind is that sex between a husband and wife need not be spontaneous. Now, movies and television make it seem like sex is always an exhilarating moment of passion that happens naturally, without planning. Do you have any idea how much scripting and setup goes into making it seem that way? Well, in reality, married couples don't wait for some mysterious erotic energy to grab them. As authors Clifford and Joyce Penner say, Some of the most satisfying sexual encounters between you and your spouse will often be the ones you plan and talk about. In fact, the more you talk about your sex life, the more likely it is to be fulfilling. And the irony is that this is one area of most people's marriages that they don't talk about. And one of the questions that often comes up, particularly in working with premarital couples, is, What about living together? You know, I can remember when it was called shacking up, and it was rare. Today, it's closer to two-thirds of couples. In 1960, about 450,000 unmarried couples lived together. Now the number is nearly 8 million. You know, as children, we used to sing a nursery rhyme. Bob and Betty sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in a carriage. Unfortunately, that pattern is no longer the norm. Here's the sequence now. First comes sex, then comes living together, then comes pregnancy, then comes abortion or a baby, then half split while many marry, of those who do, two-thirds divorce. The National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia found that nearly half of 20-somethings agreed with the statement, you would only marry someone if he or she agreed to live together with you first so that you could find out whether you really get along. About two-thirds said they believed that moving in together before marriage was a good way to avoid divorce. Unfortunately, the statistics don't bear that out. Couples who cohabit before marriage, and especially before engagement, tend to be less satisfied with their marriages and more likely to divorce, over 50% more likely than couples who do not. When we get married, most of us never thought we'd be out of step with our partner. We thought the feelings we were experiencing so strongly would never fade. But what we found out was that the passionate love that begins a marriage cannot sustain a marriage. Newlyweds who equate true love only with passion are doomed to disappointment. 
The truth is that the love you now have for your partner will undergo numerous changes and evolve into many different forms over a lifetime together. Understanding and accepting this fact can help you keep your love alive. But more importantly, accepting love's changeable nature allows you to relax and enjoy its many manifestations. Over time, you will see how love's many forms strengthen and deepen your relationship, enriching your lives with its exquisite beauty and rare character. Every marriage faces pressure points that test a couple's mettle. Getting adjusted to one another, finding out who you really married, launching a new career, the birth of the first child and subsequent children, children going to school and moving out of the house, serious illness, and retirement. These milestones can cause upheaval in the happiest of marriages. If change is not expected and planned for, love is thrown off course. But if the marriage is good and change is anticipated, there's a gradual process of acclimation and love finds a new sense of fulfillment. Many broadcasts ago, I spoke of what I call the circles of life. Draw a circle. This circle represents your 24-hour day. Draw a figure of yourself and your spouse in the circle. When you first got married, this represented your relationship. Anytime you add something inside the circle or take something out of the circle, be it a child, job, etc., all the relationships within the circle change, whether you realize it or not. They have to, since 24 hours is a constant. The parrots tell us that marriage is a journey through predictable passages or stages of love. They define these stages as romance, power struggle, cooperation, mutuality, and co-creativity. Each of these stages has its own challenges and opportunities. Let's take a quick look at each of these. Stage 1. Romance The initial stage of love in marriage is romance, a time when couples nearly forget that they are unique individuals with separate identities. In this stage of enchantment, the couple takes complete delight in each other. Reaching out to fulfill their deepest needs for intimacy, they experience a kind of mystical union and they celebrate the ecstasy of bliss and belonging. Stage 2. Power Struggle This stage has lots of tension. I believe this stage begins when we begin to find out whom it truly is that we married. Differences now become glaring. When two independent people form a life together, they eventually run into power struggles. The reality of adjusting to each other's way becomes real. The intensity and turmoil of this stage varies among couples, but almost every couple engages in the struggle. Successful passage through this stage enables each partner to say, Okay, so I am willing to admit that my romance with a perfect partner is an illusion. However, I am still fascinated with the mystery of who you are, and I am willing to pursue romance with you and journey together toward a more mature love. Step 3. Cooperation 
This stage is like a breath of fresh air for couples who have stayed the course and successfully navigated the perilous passage of power struggles. Now, a sense of acceptance and a willingness to change enters the relationship. A new depth develops as more healthy ways of being together begin. Couples in this stage realize that love is not so much about looking outward at each other as it is about looking inward at themselves, taking responsibility for their own personal problems. In this stage, couples relinquish the illusion that their partner needs to make them happy, and they redefine love by coming to grips with fears and defenses, projections, and hurts. Stage 4. Mutuality Even though there are big changes that occur in State 3, it is still a time when old problems and fears reemerge, especially in stressful times. But as love grows, couples eventually enter a new stage, almost unexpectedly, where mutuality becomes the fundamental way of being together. It is a stage of feeling at one with each other, where each feels a secure sense of belonging. Just when couples are wondering if they would ever escape old, unhealthy patterns, they discover a new reality and are surprised by the joy of mutual intimacy. Stage 5. Co-Creativity In Stage 4, the intimacy each couple yearns for and struggles to achieve becomes a reality. But as partners become older, retire, and face the end of life together, they develop a more pronounced energy of co-creativity. The rhythm of intimacy comes to a new and final flourish. Love overflows. Secure in themselves and in their love, couples have an abundant flow of energy for action in the world at large. This profound and peaceful period of love transcends all previous stages and results in a stronger and deeper love than any other. Partners are able to say, We have put a lot of miles on this marriage. It has been exasperating, elating, horrible, wonderful. Shackling, freeing, it has been our single most intimate source of conflict and of joy. Still, it has so much to offer. Eric Fromm, in his book, The Art of Loving, says, quote, There is hardly any enterprise which is started with such tremendous hopes and expectations, and yet which falls so regularly as love, unquote. Lifelong love does not happen by chance, but it is an art that must be learned, practiced, and honed. Every successful marriage is the result of two people working diligently and skillfully to cultivate their love. When they combine passion, intimacy, and commitment, they are able to grow a flourishing, healthy marriage. We're going to look at some of the tips from the parrots for making love last a lifetime, and one of them is cultivate passion. The loss of passionate romance is a common complaint, whether couples have been married one year or 25. It is unrealistic to expect the exhilarating peaks of passion to remain constant. But marriage in no way requires passion to be put on ice. Well, our time is gone for today. 
Again, I want to alert you that on Friday evening, September 15th, and Saturday morning, September 16th, I will be leading a couples conference titled, Mums the Word. The conference is sponsored by Christian Living Magazine and will be held at Cloverdale Church of God. Go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net. On the homepage, you'll see a couples conference information and registration block. Click on the Click Here button to download a brochure and also to take advantage of the early registration discount. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening, and be blessed.